If you just said this, right? I have to check out Harry Land. Another hundred year candidate. I'd, I, I, <laughs> you said saying, that. What I'm saying is, I'd have to take out. Okay, I'll take out Conor Whelan then. Conor Whelan. That's it. I quit. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Right, you're very welcome back. It is 13 minutes past eight this morning. I'm delighted to say Tommy Walter is with us to help preview the weekend's hurling. Tommy, is anybody talking about anything other than the handshake at the weekend? That is the first time I heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, listen, I think there's so much spoken about that handshake for two or three weeks after the, the initial game up in uh, Salt Hill. Um, not really. There's not much talk about that down here because I suppose we don't like controversy. We like keeping it simple, focused on the game. And um, I think myself, the two lads, like you heard Brian Cody's answer to Anthony Nash on Sky Sports. This isn't about Henry Shefton, this is about Galway. And my experience with him in the dressing room is that's exactly the way it will be this week. They'll be so motivated when we're getting beaten with a last minute pint. And on the other side, then Henry Shefton, like, it's, you know, Cody's going for his 18th Leinster Championship. I suppose he was brought in in 1999. 18 of them. It's a remarkable record. Shefflin, you have to start somewhere. He's going for his first. He's not going up to Galway on them roads two and a half hours, three or four times a week just to maybe win a game in Salt Hill here or win a league game there. He's going up to win serious championships, national championships. So Shefflin will be highly motivated. Um, he's up there for, you know, you'd imagine two, three years max with the, with the travelling. Like, it'd be impossible, let's say, to go any longer. Barry buys a helicopter or his own airplane or something. <laughs> so he will be so motivated to win this one. Maybe if he wins in All-Ireland, the helicopter will be laid on for him. Uh, so the one thing I would, would you know, you, you're thinking about how this game is going to go and you would tend to look back on previous matches. But what also history has shown us is that these games take on a life of their own. And what happened in one game between particularly between Kilkenny and Galway, there's literally no guarantee that anything that we've seen or learned from that match is going to be applicable the next day. Is that, is that changed? Is there like at least something that we can take from the game in Salt Hill and go, we're likely to see something similar in this area in Croke Park at the weekend? Yeah, well, the one thing I would say is there'll be no fear on either team. I think this is a great rivalry. Listen to the lads on off the ball there. Paul, Paul Murphy and, and James Skettle and Will talking about during the week. Like There is a huge rivalry since Scalvey came in as 9 The reason that it probably doesn't have the same aura about it as maybe the Munster Championship games is as they, as they pointed out, they're, they're not borderline counties, so that intense rivalry won't be there, say, in normal day-to-day life. You know, when you're in the creamery or the shops or the pubs, there's no border towns as such. But another reason is the Crow Park factor. Like, uh, as James Skell rightly pointed out, like, 30,000 people in Crow Park is far different than 10,000 people down in Welsh Park, for say, you know what, and to be the same, and if you're winding, it's not just a Munster Leinster thing. We played them up in, in 09 up in Tullamore. It's, that was probably the first game. The place was packed to the rapid. The atmosphere was electric. The crowd were, you know, every poke they were poking it with you, every mistake you made. They were in shouting from the from the lines. You could hear that buzz around the place. Then go forward to 2014. It was the, the drawn match and the replay. And I'd say, was was it Henry came on, possibly, or maybe he started, and Joe Canning was on the other side. It was like, you know, the, 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 the older, the, 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 he was like he was passing on the, the light. And um, 
I think Henry, one of them scored one point and then the other equalised it. So we were seeing greatness and we had an atmosphere to, 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 to go with it. So they do, as you say, take on a life of its own. But then, like we were winning that match, the first match, by, I'd say, nine points with three or four minutes to go. And uh, and it looked like we were home and host getting to a Leinster final and back came Galway. But going forward to the, the, the last match in Open Pier Stadium, again, atmosphere was electric. These home and away games. So I think this weekend will be much different. So the, the atmosphere won't be as electric as up in Crow Park. Seven o'clock in the evening, so there might be that many families that travel. They'd be expecting probably a crowd of maybe 25,000, 30,000 people. So I think what we'll see different there, as opposed to the, the earlier round robin games, is there'll be huge space in Crow Park. When you play in a kind of an empty uh, stadium, and especially in Crow Park, it's absolutely massive. So I think the real hurlers that love the space and the speed, they will love it up here Saturday night. So you might see, you know, the way they've been tight and tough and physical matches in the smaller pitches. I think this could be a very open game. You said that there isn't that local rivalry between Galway and some of the counties based in Leinster. Is that actually the the thing that sort of drives Brian Cody a little bit and sort of creates, not a tension, but, but a, a, a sort of an incentive for Kilkenny to go out and beat Galway at every opportunity? This idea that, you know, they're not a Leinster county and they're coming into our province and, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to, to break with the tradition of not being in the Leinster Championship. And, and, and is, that's something, I wonder, that, that, that sort of motivates Cody when it comes to games against Galway. Well, first and foremost, he's a hurling man, and maybe in the initial stages, you know, you use that as a, I suppose, a tool in your toolbox, uh, Owen. But like what we've seen since zero nine is Galway have added everything to the Leinster Championship because they've just added a competitiveness. Like you're at nothing if there's one team. We see the Leinster football at the moment. Uh, Dublin winning every you know game be ten, eleven, twelve points. That was the story for Kilkenny at one stage. But Galway coming into this. Uh, championship has really, you know, raised the standards again because Wexford have come up strong, uh, Dublin have come up strong. So I think it's been an addition to it. But what will motivate Brian Cody is with Pierce Stadium. There's no doubt about it. You go back to 0 1 when uh, Galway beat Kilkenny in the Ireland semi final. Remember the clash before the game with uh, Richie Murray and a few of the Galway lads were physically, you know, putting it up to the Kenny lads. And we felt that day that, you know, we were out physically, you know, they, they won the physical. Uh, matches that day against Kilkenny and it has never been like that since so that still is in the back of Brian Cody's uh, mind that 2001 All-Ireland semi-final I think his teams have been based and their mindsets and their attitudes have been based on the failures uh, of that match in 2001 and we've rarely I'd say if ever seen you know that happen again usually now if Kilkenny are beaten it's because we're a better team they weren't outmatched uh, physically or they weren't outmatched mentally so I think it's been more back to the 2001 uh, game on and uh, until a couple of weeks ago. That's that's interesting because I, w- I would have always thought that, you know, Cork w- was the big motivating factor and they, they probably were to be fair, but but that 2001 matchup between those two teams also is is, is, is a little bit of fuel for the fire that, that helped your great team. Yeah, well, I, th- I think as an overall mindset, that changed uh, Brian Cody massively. He came back, you know, tougher, he, he he made decisions based on the team as opposed to rewarding individual players. So as an overall mindset, I think that 2001 game against Galway had a huge, huge, um, you know, it was a huge factor in the way the Kenny teams were prepared going forward, uh, both physically and mentally. And um, 
yeah, I think you're talking about the Cork game. That was all individually. So when you came up to an individual game, obviously there was huge rivalries within different counties. Uh, in terms then of this weekend, like what what changes or what what approach do either team take to try and take advantage, get your best players in the space that you're talking about, and make sure that they don't get crowded out if if that is going to happen and. Um, how like because it was such a ding dong at the end, you, you know. Like if that game had finished a draw, we would have been saying how flaky Galway were, having been pickpocketed the previous week as well, and got in trouble at the very end. Happens two weeks in a row, begins to look like a pattern. They get away with it because there's a crazy free at the end, which I still don't know what the right answer to that one is. And it's like oh, catapulted straight into the the Leinster final. So, um, I, I, I kind of go back to my original question. I don't know anything about what's going to happen this weekend on the basis of what happened the last weekend, apart from the fact that Kilkenny are going to be highly motivated. Yeah, well, they'll have to... If you go back to the Kilkenny game against Wexford, I think um, they're going to have to revert back to changing up their game plan. So against Wexford, when they were under pressure, like everybody talks about uh, Wexford, great victory in all in power, but Kilkenny for the last 15, 20 minutes just lumped the ball down on top of the full forward. Yeah, some days that works for you, other days it doesn't. But the main thing is, in the modern game, there's so much video analysis going on, you have to change it up. So if, if you keep hitting long balls, well, your opposition know where the ball is going, so they, they can run into them positions. So if you change it up, we'll say they're a simple one. If a half hour comes short, gets the ball. The next ball that Richie Reid gets, Paddy Deegan gets, Hugh Lawler gets, or anyone, Mikey Kieran, the half-back line, well... The half-back is going to have to mind the half-forward instead of, if they're used to Kenny half-back line, just lumping ball down to the full-forward line, well, they don't even have to look at the half-forward. They can just sprint back and cover inside. So I think, Kenny, like I was looking at the score lines as well up in Pierce Stadium, uh, Jer, like Owen Cody scored 1-2. Other than that, like there wasn't much scoring from play. John Donnelly and Billy Ryan scored goals. So as you look at the Galway team up in Salt Hill, Joseph Cooney scored four points from play. Con Cannon scored four points in play. Johnny Cohen got a goal and Tom Monnan got three points. So straight away you can see Kenny were, you know, there's no individual stars really showing up. And what's going to change, Ger? I think at the moment, Galway are the, are the farm team coming into this Leinster final. I think Kenny a very, very good team, very, very good players. But I think we're not hitting a consistent farm. So for Kenny this weekend, it'll either peter out, like the, say, like the game against Wexford, or it could be the start of a long summer. Because, I, I don't know if you agree with it, I know I listened to it over the years, momentum and, you know, but does it matter, does that matter? I, I believe it does. I think, I agree. What I, what I think is confidence matters, right? And a, a team gets confidence from winning. I, I, when we're talking about momentum, we're talking about in the middle of a match where one thing happens uh, and then the other team suddenly decides, okay, that's the end of the match. I think that, like, that's, over, that's overblown in the middle of a game. But I do think players get confidence from something happening successfully and patterns of play emerge. And I think that if, if Kilkenny were to be the Leinster champions, not only is it an easier pathway for the rest of the season, but there is that kind of opportunity for them to, you know, training will be much better just in terms of the, the confidence that lads have. Somebody will have to play really well for them to beat this Galway team It'll also be a massive turnaround from the Wexford game for them too. So, um, you know, that that's my argument on momentum. I think that, like, maybe yeah. we have different words for the same thing. Yeah. So I, I think that, well, Kenny, you're probably, you're probably right, confidence. There's no player that you'd say, like, if you look at the Clare team, you look at Dave Fisher, look at Tony Kelly, look at Shane O'Donnell, Peter Duggan. They look like, to me, guys, from the outside, guys brimming with confidence. Guys that can't wait for the next match to come along, can't wait for the next training session. Could you say that about any Kenny players at the moment? 
there's not really you know Mikey Carey on the half back line. You'd say yeah, Mikey Butler, probably all defenders. So we need to do we need to kick any forwards. I thought to start lighting fire to see any sort you know to give confidence to the public. Uh, so, like Adrian Mullen is a is a case in point. I, I thought uh, listen to Paul Murphy from you know over the last month or so. There was harsh words being spoken about Adrian kind of needing to... This is his time now. He's still very young and he's coming back off the, the cruise ship and the comeback has been slow. But, you know, all of a sudden it's a Leinster final in Croke Park. If he was to score five or six points from midfield, you'd be like, well, that's what he that's what he's capable of doing. But that would be a transformative moment for Kilkenny as well if he was suddenly to find the form that we think he's capable of. Yeah, but he'd be dependent on the backs giving him the, the right ball. Like you look at Cottle Mania and Joseph Cooney, they're shooting the lights out over midfield, Tom Monaghan for, for Galway. But Adrian has done it in different games. And if you notice, the games that he's been doing it is when they're bringing the ball out through the lines. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it every time, but to go back to the Wexford game. I don't think you could have been at that game playing much ball out through the lines because they were so congested in the middle third. Nolan Park was a small pitch, especially when the when the... Nolan Park is full so I don't think the opportunity was there probably to give to Adrian Mullen Shark towards it will be on Sunday you know and Alan Murphy has been playing midfield so you have two hurlers two ball players as opposed to two workhorses uh, out there around midfield the spaces will be there on, on Sunday I think in Crow Park will the Kenny backs give it to him if they do I think that's what Adrian Mullen I think his farm he's probably one of the farm players I think when he's given the ball he is on farm this year He's shown huge maturity. He's shown, shown a guy that's gone from young hard year into a, a senior type player. So I think he's depending on the Kenny backline, giving him the ball out around the middle. Okay. So it sounds like you think it's going to be a ding dong. Do you have a, a, a sense that it's going to go Kilkenny's way? You know, like you, you do, you certainly doesn't feel like you have the same lack of confidence in this Kilkenny team that some people have. No, I have great confidence in the team, but I don't think they're in form. And that's why I think Galway are going to win it on Saturday night. Um, I think we've a t- I, I think Kenny have pound for pound players, the better players. If you look at the the, the one to fifteen versus the one fifteen for Galway, but I think Galway are just brimming at the moment. They're humming. They got their kind of bad game out of the way uh, early on, and now they're they're you know the one against Wexford where they should have won it. They were winning coming into the the home stretch, but they've been winning, winning, winning since. And I think they're a team playing a form, playing a confidence. And I think Galway will win on Saturday night. Okay, right. Let's talk a little bit about um, Munster then, and, and what the implications are of a Munster final victory for for Clare. No, no less than if if Kilkenny were to be able to turn around and beat Galway, the benefit for that would be huge for them. I think for Clare beating Limerick in a Munster final, it's almost more important than it is for Limerick, even though Limerick are chasing their own version of history. Yeah, and. Like if the for Limerick, you have the the McMahon Cup. It's the first year of the McMahon Cup, so they renamed the Munster Championship uh, winning trophy to McMahon, the famed one of the greatest players ever lived for, from from Limerick. So it'll be huge motivation for Limerick to win that McMahon Cup. But on the opposite side of that, won't Clare be highly motivated to deny Limerick the, the chance of winning for the first time? And um, I think. Clare even, if you go back and listen to the interviews from the great Clare winning team of 95 and 97, especially Shawnee McMahon, who people would have, I suppose, loved watching. He was the first probably centre-back that we remember, long-range free-taker scoring five, six points there in most games. He was an inspiration. He was quite type of player, but tough as nails. Well, Shawnee McMahon, when he speaks about 1995, 
says the Munster Championship was nearly more important or meant more to him at the time than winning the All-Ireland. So you can tell by, you know, that, that interview, like they won it for the first time was it since the 30s and he cherished winning the, the, the Munster Championship more than, than the All-Ireland. It was probably because coming from Clare, you know, like they were a very weak county before that team went on its run around 93, 94, 95. And um, so they probably growing up in, in the 80s, Sean McMahon, them players, probably never dreamed of winning the Munster Championship. Now you fast forward after the 195 to 197, but the current team, some of them, 2013. And we all thought they were winning 421s, or three, they won 431s, I think they won three in a row. But we thought that clear team of the Shane O'Donnells and, you know, um, Pod Collins, um, you know, all that team, we thought they were going to go on and win a couple of All Ireland's. And have they even been to a Munster final yet? Maybe once, one since. So I think these guys will cherish a Munster championship massively. I'd say Brian Lohan, for coming from here he is coming from, will be looking at no All-Ireland, no All-Ireland semi-final, let's win the McMackie Cup. So I think there'll be huge motivation from Clare, especially the rivals as well. We talk about Kenny and, and, and Galway, not borderline. Like these are going to be massive local rivals. Are, are Clare well set up enough, like... Again, the the last game between them, it, I think, doesn't really mean anything when it comes to this weekend, apart from the fact that Limerick were really close to them, even though they didn't have a full team or the full motivation of something up for grabs at the end of it. Now, I don't know if you can turn that on because there's a trophy sitting there when you run out for it. Um, so I guess the, the question is, where are Limerick at the moment? How confident are we that they're back to the level that they were at when they were winning the All-Ireland last year? Yeah, well, I suppose... The worrying team for Limerick is Kyle Hayes is probably not in the form that we thought he would be moving back up into the forwards. He had great the first day, but he hasn't been shooting the lights out or been on a huge amount of ball and always been played inside quite a lot. Um, you have, you know, Keane Lynch is out, out injured. They're two of the, I suppose, my four pillars. There's the two of them, Gerald Hegarty and Tom Morrissey. Well, if two of them are kind of, one of them out of form and one of them is actually out, you know, you know, it's, it's definitely, I suppose... For Clare, like it has to be a motivation that, lads, we can do this. We've done it in, in, in the round robin series. We can do this again. Where do I see it? I think this Limerick team is playing out lovely for him. Everyone is dictated by winning, by drawing. John Kiley, he dropped, he didn't drop, he rested. I'd say Aaron Glan might have had a niggle or two, rested Darrow Donovan. They still came out of a draw down in, in, in Ennis. If they had the lost that game, you'd be saying, you know, you can't turn off an, on and off a, a light switch. So I think it's playing lovely, just like the league played for, for Limerick. So I think there'll be huge motivation down in Limerick. And I think we've, like the, I suppose, the Leinster final, but I'm going to switch it around this time. I think Clare are the farm team. I think if David Fitzgerald shooting the lights out, midfielder, you wouldn't normally see as a, a score. You have John Conlon, you have Tony Kelly, Podge Conlon's Peter Duggan, like all these names are rolling off the tongue, really. So they are a farm team at the moment, Clare. But I think Limerick are just unbelievable. Like, Dermot Burns is hurling better than, I suppose, any halfback has hurled in so many years. He's scoring six points a game, but scored nine points in a game. But his overall defending, his high feeling, his catching, his overall game is absolutely outstanding. So I think that the physicality of this Limerick team will be so high on Sunday. I don't think uh, Clare will be able to compete with it. was interesting listening to, to John Kiley in the build-up to this game. He said that the last couple of years actually really suited this management team because there were big gaps between games with no backdoor and their planning, which we know is so meticulous and, and so in-depth, 
they allowed, it allowed them to do so much of that over the last couple of years. Whereas when we were back to a round-robin scenario this year, he says that they maybe didn't get enough of a look at a team week in, week out. So I guess that probably places a, a huge degree of importance on this game for Limerick, that they're a team that really need to come through the front door. They really thrive with these big swathes of weeks between games and the week in, week out nature perhaps actually doesn't really suit this team. Yeah, well, looking back at our own experience, I think like when you have a great team like this Limerick team have, like generational players, players that will be talked about in many, many years to come, the whole thing about it is motivation and freshness. So it's going to work out better for uh, Owen when there's three or four week breaks. It's very difficult to keep it going week after week after week. So I do agree with John that, but I think everybody's in the same boat at the moment. John Kiley has been lucky. He's been able to rest players. He has players come back from injury at the latter stages. No matter what goes on this Sunday, they're going to be still in the championship. He'll have Pien Lynch to come back. He'll have players come back into form. He'll be hopefully Kyle Hayes will come back into a bit of form. They might find his best position. But, um, you know, Seamus Flanagan is back. So I think, listen, it's the same for everybody. Yes, it would suit them that bit better with a couple of weeks break. But I, th- I still think they'll have enough to do with that this weekend. Like, even if I was looking at a few of the matchups, like Tony Kelly, we're all talking about Tony Kelly and the greatness he has been on the field for the last couple of years. I, I have a feeling whoever he marks on Sunday on the half-hour ring, whether it's centre forward on Declan Hannon or on the wing on Dierma Burns or maybe Dan over the other side, I think they will have Willow Dunhu tracking him. And they look, Willow Dunhu is a giant of a man. Like He's going around, he's a menace out around the middle. He's in lads' faces, he's there for every breaking ball, every time you see a, a forward on the opposition so untrue. Will O'Donnell was always behind him at some, somewhere. He's chasing him down. He's like an angry bear around the middle of the field. So I, think, I think he would be tracking Tony, just there in his face the whole time, you know. Um, other matchups I was looking at, like Dermot Burns, Shane O'Donnell. I think that would be a great one uh, on Sunday. Dermot Burns formed his life. Shane O'Donnell the same. Kind of the big guy versus the little guy. So he'll be looking for the ball, loss, short, go around Dermot Burns. You know, Burns will be looking for it high and, and long and try and win that aerial battle. But I think there's some fascinating uh, battles uh, this weekend. That, that Willow Donoghue shout is, is interesting because if you asked me who would win in a fight, Tony Kelly or an angry bear, you might actually say Tony Kelly would win, <laughs> such as the, 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 the talent of the man. So like that, I, I'm not sure that that, that kind of feels a bit, a bit out of um, left field, but obviously it's something that, that could easily happen this weekend. So, so who, do you, who do you see winning that battle? Do you see Tony Kelly having the, the smarts to be able to get around uh, a man marker with the physicality of a Donoghue? Yeah, well, that would be, be a two-on-one. I don't think Willow Dunhu will take him up 1v1. One one, right. So I think he'll be tracking him. So very difficult to do because when you, you look at David Clifford in, in the football, when he's left alone man-on-man, he wins that battle every time. When you put two or three men back covering the spaces, covering in front of him, much more difficult. But that's where the rest of the guys come into it. And that was the great, I suppose, confidence booster that Brian Owen will feel after the, the last round is when he rested all these guys and they still they, they shot the lights out. So, you, had, you know, Dave Fitzgerald. So, if they do put Willow Dunham, that'll leave a free man out around the middle. So, you'd be hoping for a clear then Dave Fitzgerald or someone, you know, Cottle Malone or someone will take it on, Peter Duggan out around there, and they will take the, the heat off Tony. So, I think if that happens, the heat goes back on the other clear forwards and can they, you know, help in, in the score. And they've proved they can do it. One, one, one last thing before we get your shout out. Uh, the, the difficulty for and the reason why so much is invested in these games is still because it's very difficult to recover from the defeat and what a puncture it would be for all of the air in Clare's balloon 
if they were to lose this weekend, are they well equipped enough to come through this and still reach an All Ireland final? Say, are they are they are they that good that actually, you know, they shouldn't be too devastated if they lose this game because there's still a big prize for them here. Oh, I think they'll be devastated if they lose it because you know they don't come around too too often. Like we've seen, clear like they're in the form of their lives at the moment. Like all their players. Uh, from the goalie right through to number 15 and the subs coming on. Like when you drop six players, Jer, and you still go on and beat Watford by what they've beaten by in the last round, like that's a team in form, that's a panel in form, that's a management, even the supporters, like everybody is behind this team at the moment. I think now is the time for this player team. So if they lose the Munster final, they will be devastated. And can they pick themselves up? Sure, it'll just depend on when the next match is and who it's against. But um, I think they'll play the Joe McDonough, you know, winners or losers the following week. So it'll be, you know, straight back on the horse and trying to win it. But I don't even think they'll be thinking about this. Um, going back, can they win in All-Ireland, Jer? I think Limerick are on top of the, the tree at the moment. And I, re- I really honestly believe that everybody else is a 50-50 game. I don't think there's anyone a little bit above anyone down, down, down the pecking order. So I think it's a very even championship. And like Tom Brady often said in American football, you have to be ready for when your opportunity arises. So people can't be worried about, geez, can we beat Limerick? Someone might, might beat Limerick, and then you have to be ready to go on and win it. Yeah. And the best case in point, Ger, will be 2019. Nobody thought anyone would beat, beat Limerick. Kilkenny beat him in the semi-final. Well, if Tipperary hadn't been winning their games on the other side, they wouldn't be All-Ireland champions. And they went on and they, they beat Kilkenny in the final, you know. Yeah, maybe if Richie Hogan hadn't been sent off, Kenny would have been the, the uh, champions too. We'll see. We'll never know, I suppose. Come here, who's your shout-out this week? Yeah, and just before I go on that one, just one big match I think we'll have a big um, bearing on, on Sunday's win is Aaron Galan versus uh, Rory Hayes. I think Rory Hayes is a slight guy. He's small, he's out in front, he's tough, tigerish, but Galan is massive. Uh, as we are, he's in the air, he's massive on the ground physically, and he's playing with huge confidence in mom. So I think that'll be a huge battle, and whoever wins that one could have a huge bearing on the game as well. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so the shout outs this week I went with the team of the the Munster and Inter final, obviously, this week. So I went with three great finals of the past. I started with the Munster final of 1944. I, I wasn't at it, <laughs> <laughs> I read about it. But um, why, you'd probably say, why would you pick out the 1944 one? Cork and Limerick were, were against each other in Torles, but it was called the Great Bicycle Final. So the war was on at the time and there was emergency travel restrictions. So most people that went to that game had to cycle to the final. Imagine if you ask people to cycle to it now, what happened? Everyone giving out for the game at 7 o'clock on a Saturday evening, the Leinster Final. But they walked, they ran, just reading about it. They came on horse-drawn carriages. Some people came on train. But it was just supposed to be a magical occasion. And um, it finished then with, I think, Mick Mackey had a, a free to win it for, for Limerick. That tailed off wide. Who had stepped up the match-winning goal? Christy Ring. Wow. So the ni- 1944 is the, the first final that I give a shout-out to. Second one then is the Leinster one. 1996, Wexford versus uh, Offaly. Uh, 223 to 215. Liam Griffin was over Wexford at the time. Imagine doing this now with social media and WhatsApp and Twitter and, and, and Instagram. When they, were get, when they were driving to that game on the Wexford-Wicklow border, and he, he, he came up with this idea himself, and it was very much a, a risky move because he could have looked like fools either. But no, he went to his gut and said, listen, this is going to happen. He got them all off the bus, and they walked over the border. 
And his idea behind that was that when they walked back to Wexford, they walked back with the bubble he'd put. I thought it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was a, you know, an inspirational thing to do, a risky thing to do for him. Um, but it worked out in the end. And um, another, I remember we played a, a, an under-14 match against the Village Ryan A League. And uh, they would be, the Village would be a top town team at the time. But um, the day before was that Leinster final. I remember Larry Murphy. I still remember this today. He was going around blocking lads with his head. I think someone in the com- someone in the commentary team even said it. Like some lads have put, wouldn't even put their horror where Larry Murphy was putting his, his head. And uh, remember that match the following day. We were all going out blocking lads with our heads and our hands. And it was. Uh, I still remember that. You know, so many, so many years later. So. Uh, Tom Dempsey scored one fight that day. Martin Story five points. Larry Murphy four points. Eamon Scallon four points. Damien Fitzgerald scored a goal from a penalty. So a magical day for Wexford. A magical day for for for, for a lot of guys. The last one I, I give the shout out to is 2002 Munster final. It was 39 years since Watford uh, had won a Munster championship. Watford, if you can, people wouldn't remember probably back then, but say when I was maybe nine or ten, Watford were far from a a powerhouse in Munster at the time. They only came with that kind of Ken McGrath, Ryan Green, you know, a team. And um, so Tony, the score, I don't know what the score was, but Tony Brown scored a goal. I remember he 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 he, he ran and ran. And the ball just broke and he pulled the ball to the back of the net. And it was just an inspiration. And they, they never thought, I suppose, they beat Tipperary in the Munster final. Ryan Green, we all remember that the photograph, he was down on his knees, looking up into the sky and just... A magical, magical moment. So John Milan, I think, scored four points, and that was a, a great fight. So there are my three shouts for for this week. Uh, Waterford two twenty three, Tipperary three twelve was the score in that yeah, one. So yeah. they they blew so, them out in the end. Uh, Colin Bowie yeah, wants to know: Is that a play that day? Say again. Kevin Ken, Ken McGrath scored seven points from play. That's sensational. Like when you think about it, like. And then did did G ruin their year in the semi final? Is that what happened? Thousand and two. Um, they won that. We bet clear in the final. Um, no, yeah. Just I can't remember that, would you believe? That was going to My head is gone. That was going to do. We'd be clear in the final. I think clear beat Waterford in the semi-final. We beat Tipperary in the semi in, in, in the other semi-final. And it was clear beat Waterford in the other semi-final. I'm trying to quickly look it up here, but you're probably right. You you remember better than... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah, Clare won yeah, 16, like, Waterford won 13. Yeah, because a great friend of mine and... Uh, guy that brought us our county final intermediate and club all Ireland after years of heartbreak and j- lost Jimmy Coogan. Jimmy scored one one in that semi final against Tipperary. DJ Carey came on for his first game back. Uh, he came back around after the Linster final, and this was after not playing for the whole winter. And uh, he came back and just the, the, the place lit up. And the, our, our kind of whole mindset when he won that Linster final, let's say be one or two points against Wexford. But we just got going after that. DJ was sensational. Solo threw a ball from midfield. Hand pass it. Like he, he would only see. Hand pass it as Jimmy Coogan. And Jimmy buried it. And that, yeah, beat Tipperary that day. Tipperary were all early champions. They were trying to have on it. But uh, no, it was clear B. Watt from the other side time. Very good. Great stuff. Tommy, thanks a million. Cheers. Enjoy the weekend. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.